For the next four weeks, we are going to just hear from various voices, various leaders in our church. We've done a long series in Romans. It's so now we just want to give some space before our summer series. Our summer series, Love My Neighbor, is going to lead us right up to Hillsborough Stadium in August. But for the next four weeks, we just want to take a pause. We want to hear from God. So I've invited some of the leaders in our church just to pray and listen and give messages that maybe not be connected in sequence, but are connected in that a bunch of people are praying for you and sharing a word of God for you. But today I want to start off with um, a question. What do you think, what do you think God wants to do through your life? Big question. What do you, what do you think God wants to do through your life? Like, is it, is it big? Do you think that God has something big for your life? Is it, is it small? Like, no, 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 I'm not called to do the big things, but I, I have this little thing. Uh, um, the thing you think God wants you to do, can you do it apart from God? Like, can you, can you, can you accomplish it? Like, did he tell you something that's like, well, that's easy. Thank you, Lord. You know, like, or is it, is it so ridiculous that you're going to require, like, God to step in your world to make any of it happen? What do you think want, what God wants to do through your Life, you know, in this room, there are dreamers. There are people who, who are willing to think outside the box, who are not afraid to see the impossible. We need dreamers in this church who see God, God-sized things, impossible things. And then we have planners. You may not be the dreamer, but maybe you're the planner, right? And you know, you know how to calculate and make the chart and evaluate the costs. And, and we need planners, God-thinking planners. And, and some of us are just doers. Like, you just tell me what to do, man. Like, I'm, I'm there, like... Sign me up. I'm, I'm willing to show up and, and sweat it out. And then, then we, we have in the room, we have sleepers. We have sleepers. You're just like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I have a message for all of you, especially the sleepers. Last week, we heard a story of uh, Carl and Lori Ralston. You were here last week and the story of the birth of Remember New. And it was just a couple, a couple living in Ohio, running an insurance business and living the American dream. And you heard the story from Ian, how God just began to stir in them a heart to pray, right? To, there's something out there, Carl, pray. And remember, Carl prays for 11 months and it's as if God is silent. God didn't say a thing to him. And then he shows up at a conference and, and at the conference, he hears just some stories and some stuff happened in the world. And in that moment, Carl has an experience as God begins to speak to him. And then he steps out in faith. Like the, he got the two words, remember new, right? And he just steps out in faith and says, I'm going to do something about it. And then here we are, not much longer, like a decade later or so, and you've got 85 homes in 15 countries with 1,800 kids who've been pulled out of being sold. Like, this is um, amazing. And I just want to ask you, what if there is more? What if there's, what if, you say, like, I'm, a, I'm getting towards the end of the career. I see a golf course. It's almost there, Jose. Don't talk to me about more. What if there is more for your life? What if God has more than you're engaged in right now? What if, what if this isn't it? And I want to speak about that this morning from John 14. And I want us to look at a very known conversation. Uh, John 14 is a real popular one. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a bunch because I want to get to a phrase that Jesus makes that is so radical and is so ridiculous, it should mess you up. And I'm going to guarantee you, you've read it, glossed over it, or discounted it. But hopefully, I am praying. I'm praying all week. Uh, being bro made me rich. What? Uh, no. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's a song about he was poor and now he's made like a lot of money. About talking about when he was, okay, I, I digress. All right. You just got to download the, download the song, people. All right, John 14, verse 1. Jesus talking about the future to his disciples. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, uh, I would, would have told you that I'm going to prepare. I'm sorry. I'm sorry all over. I can't even read my own Bible. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to the father, prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place that I am going. Jesus is talking about the future for his followers. We've heard this a ton of times. In other words, there's zero reason for us to live stressed out lives. There's no reason for you to say, Jose, I've come in and I don't even know what to do and I don't know where to go. And yes, stress is a reality and worry is, is a common place for many of us. But I just want us to hear what Jesus says. Don't you trust me? I am going, and he's saying this right before he's going to go to the cross, right before he's going to rise again, right before, before their eyes, going to say, go into all the world, share the good news, make disciples of all nations, and I'll see you later. And he goes to be with the Father. Before all that, he tells them before that, that I've got your future covered. There's no reason to live stressed. Why? He's with you and he's for you. And he says, I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you. And this, my friends, is the heart of the good news. That God hasn't left us. Jesus came and he's going to take us to where we need to go. But the disciples don't get it in a minute. How do we know? Just keep reading. Verse 5. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way. And then Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. Okay, great, Jose. This Jesus was like born in Nazareth. He's walking in his robe. He's got no house. He's got no estate. He's got no authority in terms of the religious system of his day. He's not an elected official. He's not a huge boss of some big company. And he says, hey, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. Now, this is either crazy talk ridiculous or this is the most fantastic claim. In other words, Jesus says, not only do I have your future, I am the way to your future. I'm the way. You're created in the image of God, and you're loved by God, and you're made by God, and you've walked away from God, you've rebelled from God, and you've hidden from God. And Jesus says, I've shown up not just to remind you of your brokenness, no, to heal you and to take you to be with me. I am the way to the Father. Oh, I'm going to the Father's house to prepare a place for you, and you want to know how to get there? You follow me. Faith in Jesus is the way to life. This is the good news, right? This is not what I want to talk about. This is just all set up to mess you up. All right, so Jesus is the future and Jesus is the way. But you think the disciples get this. This makes sense. No, it doesn't. Look at verse 8. So Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe 
that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who's doing the work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father, the Father's in me, or at least, like if you don't believe that crazy claim, at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. The disciples have been with Jesus for years. They've seen the most miraculous human, a human who can raise the dead, Jesus, who can walk on water, who can tell people's futures and hidden secrets, who can take the mute and open their mouth. Blindness is gone. Deafness is gone. Jesus, leprosy, boils, gone. No one like Jesus. And Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But they don't understand it. Philip doesn't get it and Thomas doesn't get it. And I want to I read all this. I'm going to get to a statement that Jesus makes for you. But I want us to get this. The disciples have been with Jesus for a long time and they don't fully get him. They don't. Now what does this say to us? Before we get to the statement I want to look at, I want to remind you Jesus has more to say to you. Jesus has more to say to you. Thomas knew a bit and Philip knew a bit and John knew a bit and Peter knew a bit. But after years of following, they're still uncovering more about Jesus. Can I just ask you, is that your story? Do you keep, does it become more wonderful? Do, are you learning? Are you growing? Is Jesus reshaping your mind? Is he blowing your thinking away? Is he challenging you? Is he encouraging you? Is he speaking with you? Is he, is he moving you along? Or, or are you just like stuck? Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of going. I just want to remind you, Jesus speaks a word to his disciples like he wants to speak to you. So we want to be a community, side note, that really hears from Jesus, really presses in, wants to know more, not content, asking, seeking, knocking, asking, seeking, knocking, because Jesus has more to say. Now, I'm starting to get lit up, and I haven't even started yet, okay? So here we go. We're getting close to it. Let's just keep reading, because this is what I want us to focus on. Uh, verse 12 says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, and I, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You, and, and man, under, underline, circle, like do, what, do whatever. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is what we want to focus on for the next few minutes. Minutes, Greater things. Greater things. Why don't you say it with me? Greater things. Okay, say it like you half believe it. Greater things. Okay. Say it like, you, like we were in a church with some soul. Greater things. Thank you. I, I mean, two people are happy here. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. Greater things. Greater things. Now, Jesus told us how greater things come about. He, he, he just told his disciples. He said, he said, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I've been doing. The Father, I'm just doing the Father's work. The Father is in me. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus is united with the Father. And so everything you've seen, in one sense, isn't even Jesus' work because Jesus is just doing what the Father wants done on the earth. Jesus is, yes, he is God, 
He's God among us. He's Emmanuel, God dwelling among us. And this is the heart of the Father. Just look at Jesus' life and you've seen the Father. That's the key. The Father partners with the Son and the Son partners with the Father beautifully, fully. And, and then Jesus flips it. He just flips it. You've got to remember who he's talking to. Who, who is he talking to? He's not talking to the elite. He's talking to the uneducated. He's talking to the normal people. He's talking to, you know, some guys who are who, brothers who are just fishermen. He's talking to farmers. He's talking to civil servants, tax collectors, political activists, a zealot. He's talking to, he's talking to the low rung, if you look at the whole ladder of this world. And Jesus says not just to a few somebodies. He says to a group of nobodies who have been with him, and that is the key, who have been with him, greater things. You've seen me. You've seen the Father work. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But you haven't seen anything yet. Greater things are about to happen because I'm going to do bigger things. No, that's not what he says. He says greater things because you who believe in me will do what I have been doing and even bigger things than that. All right, let's just ask the big question. What are, what are the greater things? What are the greater things? Are we going to do bigger miracles than Jesus? Okay, let's just look at his stuff. He raises the dead. Eh, we're all shot. Okay, that's it. So, so it can't be about like, hey, I did this, but you guys, you're going to go. No, it's not, about, it's not about larger works. But what you actually do see, because it's answered in the Bible, if you read the book of Acts, the story of the early Jesus followers that Jesus sent out, those who saw him directly and those who didn't see him directly, those who followed him do exactly what Jesus is doing. So, so a guy falls from a window because Paul preaches too long. He's literally preaching all night long. The guy falls out of the window and dies. And they pray for him and he's risen to life. So the father does the work that he did through the son through the followers of the Son. Followers of Jesus, if you map out everything that Jesus had been doing, you're going to see it through the work of his followers, which sounds crazy in and of itself. Now, all of this is either true or complete crazy talk, so you're going to have to decide. It's either real or it's crazy talk. And here's what I'm going to suggest. Some of you in your brain, you say this is real because it's the Bible and I respect it and it's God's word and it's holy and it's true. But in your soul, you've checked out. In your head, you say, yeah, that could happen. But your soul, everything within you, your, the way you live, the way you act is as if this doesn't happen. So what are the greater things? I think at least, you know, theologians Think about this. What does Jesus mean? This is what I want to boil it down to. It has to mean more places. The greater things are about more places. Why? Jesus is in the Middle East. Jesus is in and around Jerusalem, Jerusalem and Judea, and he sneaks to Samaria. Jesus himself does not go to the ends of the earth. Jesus doesn't go up to Europe. Jesus doesn't walk down to South Africa. Jesus doesn't hang out with the Indians, the original dwellers on, on, on our land. It's got to be about Jesus looking forward and saying, it's more places. This is about location. Jesus is in one place at one time. But now his disciples, they're going to spread the message to the whole world, right? So today, you have Jesus' followers on all the continents. 
Greater things are happening. Why? Because he goes to the Father. And because he goes to the Father, now his, his family, his sons and daughters, are going to do the Jesus stuff all around the world. It's more places. That, that makes sense. But it's more places and it's more people. It's not just Jesus. We need to catch this. Jesus says, he speaks the truth to his early followers and then written forever so that you wouldn't forget it. His followers would do more than Jesus does in the sense of Jesus is one person doing the work of the Father, but now it's all of us. It's, it's not just about location, it's about multiplication. Jesus shows the way to the Father. Now, guess what? Guess how people begin to follow Jesus? You. You share the good news. You talk about the love of God. You tell your story. You and I are, have been multiplied. God has come to us, and now other people get to know the love of God and experience the freedom of God through us. We're part of the greater things, which is exciting because Jesus said it would happen. It's now happening. Uh, for those of you who, who like follow me on social media, you know I just, I just got back. I was in um, Twin Cities over the weekend, and a buddy of mine, Nick Hall was putting on an event in U.S. Bank Arena. For those of you football fans, it's where the Super Bowl was held this year. It's an amazing, it's one of the most amazing buildings I've ever been in. And uh, how, how did that happen? There were a group of 750 churches partnering together towards this outreach for the city uh, that happened on Friday night. And I've known Nick since he was 19 years old. And he went with me to India and we became friends. And he just has a passion for God. And while he was in college, he wrote a paper called Pulse because he was, he was stirred in his own heart. He had been going to, go to church as he was a kid. But when he was in college, God really got a hold of his life. And he realized, I want to do all this with my life. But no, 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 no. What if, what if I turned my heart fully to Jesus and really cared about the things that Jesus cares about? And what if there was a generation of young people who are fully committed to the cause of Jesus, sold out, full on? What would happen if our heart beated for God's heartbeat and pulse, boom, 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 boom. like we were in tune with God? And, and, and what would happen? And, he, and he, he wrote a paper for a class, like a business, he was a business major, like a business class on how to start this thing with turning young people and and turning them back to the heart of God, right? So that was, so that paper, he began to pray through. And you know, he began to step into it. And here we are from that paper till now has been about 12, 13 years and 750, he's 35 years old. 750 churches partnering together and the entire event, which had tens of thousands of people, I didn't get the exact stats. The whole arena holds like 70,000 people. But here's what I do know. 7,000 people said, I want to follow Jesus. 7,000 in one night. In one night. Which is, yeah. Thank you. Being real made me rich. What? Um, I'm going to do, keep doing it until you download that song. All right. So, so here's, the, here's the crazier thing. The majority of the outreach was, was staffed, organized by 20-somethings. Most of the people running the whole thing were in their early 20s. And that whole pulse, the, a paper about what would happen if we called a bunch of young people to go fully after Jesus, it's actually, it's actually happened. And then when I see that, I'm like, this is part of the greater things. So this is not bombastic. I've done the math 
and maybe I'm slightly off, but I think I'm close. It could be that in one night, in one night, Nick Hall spoke to more people in one night than Jesus. Jesus didn't have a PA. Jesus mostly went to small towns and villages. And the reason I can, can get to that is because it was simulcast live and 40 states registered in and 20 some odd countries around the world. So I'm going to make a guess. In one night, a 35-year-old from, from, from North Dakota, nowhere, spoke to more people than Jesus in his three years of public work in one night. And that's not as greater things, man. That's greater things. All right, I'm starting to feel it. So how? Now let's get to the how. Because that's, okay, that's, well, you know, maybe that's, that's Nick Hall, or that's, you know, I'm not the dreamer, I'm more, I'm more the, you know, the planner, or I'm the doer, I'm, you know, if you're the sleeper, then the spirit wants to wake you up, I'll just tell you that. But whatever, whatever you are, right, well, you don't have to write a college paper and step into that. That's not the point. The point is you can step into greater things. That's what I want us to get. If we don't believe it, of course it's not going to happen. So some of us look at our lives and say, man, I don't see anything happen. I wish something happened. If you don't actually believe that God created you for greater things, guess what? You will step into your own self-fulfilling prophecy. You will live less than the life that God has for you because you don't think he has anything for you. But if you wake up, and God wants to wake us up. So you remember, the disciples didn't get any of this. Did you notice? I'm going to the, I'm going to the Father to prepare a place for you and... Oh, show us the Father. Like, they don't get it, and sometimes we don't get it. How do I step into a life of greater things? How do I step in? Look, re read verse 13 again. This, this is the answer. And I will ask, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, says Jesus, and I will do it. A couple of things. You say, I want to, you're like, okay. I got a little annoyed, Jose. Now I'm ready. What do I, I want to step in to greater things. And I'm talking, I'm talking to college students. I'm talking to stay-at-home moms. I'm talking to middle schoolers. I'm talking to retirees. I'm talking to, to people who are in their 30s and frustrated that my life is going nowhere. I know I was made for more. What will God say to us? Greater things happen when we ask. This is so uncomplicated, but so untried. It's uncomplicated, but it's untried. We don't have sometimes the greater things that God has for us because we're not even asking. It is possible to go through the week, right, and just get up and just try to get out the door in time to get to work and work, 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 and try to get home without road rage and then get, get you know, go to home and do, do the, the things I got to do, wash, I got to eat, I got I got tomorrow coming and I got my phone, which I, need, I have to look at my entire life. And then, and eventually, I, you know, I pass out and then I woke up and like, oh, and then it's Wednesday. And by Wednesday, I'm like, oh, come on, I need Friday, I need Friday, I need Friday. And then, and then I go to Friday, whoo, I got to do as much Saturday and Sunday as I can because I'm unsatisfied Monday through Friday. And then Sunday I rolls around like, okay, another week. And it's possible to go through that entire experience and never, never ask God for anything. We don't have because we don't ask. And so here's the cool part. Jesus asks you to ask. He tells his disciples, okay, I've been doing all this stuff. Whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do it. And he gives a disclaimer. 
so that the Son will bring glory to the Father, Father, which knocks out greed. I call them the dumb asks. There are dumb asks, right? I was a kid. I've said this story before. I think I was in the fourth, no, I was before the fifth grade. I was probably in the third or fourth grade, and, and I felt like I wasn't enough. And so I would ask every night, God, make me Spider-Man. Every single night, I would, I kid you not, because I saw myself, I envisioned myself going to class and walking up the walls and going, yo, I saw it. That's a dumb ask. It was a dumb ask. Because why, why, why would God give me webs when all I want is for me to look cool because I was very uncool? But what if we had, what if we had real asks? See, the son is doing what brings glory to the father. So he's like, well, I'm afraid to ask because I don't know if I'm asking for the right things. Whatever you're asking for, could you see Jesus doing it? If you could see Jesus doing the things you're asking for, it's in alignment with the will of the Son who's always in alignment with the will of the Father and the Spirit is there to back it up because the Spirit is working through the Son to do the works of the Father and guess what? The Holy Spirit now lives in you. So what I want us to remember is we need to ask. Sometimes we don't have because we just don't ask. We've, we've, what we've done is we've taken statements like this and we've rationalized them as not pertaining to me. That was, for someone, that was for Peter, James, and John. That was for everybody else. That was for everybody else. It's not for me, though. Not, I'm not the one. I can't do that. And you're right. You can't. But Jesus says he can through you. So we need to start getting radical. I want to be a part of a community that's not afraid of greater things. Because, not because we're something, because Jesus is someone and he told us we can. And so we need to break the cycle of doubt and unbelief and complacency and ask God to stir us towards greater things. And whenever I'm with Nick, I'm just, I'm stirred. Like, I'm naturally stirred. You got that. But whenever I'm around him, it's like that extra jolt of like, and, and, and I've, I've figured it out. He's very normal and he's very aware of himself and he's very aware of his brokenness in his stomach and he's not perfect. But there's something in his gut he believes that Jesus will do greater things. He Inherently, you cannot convince him that Jesus isn't saying greater things. And so it stirs me to say, wow, what about, am I limiting God? Let me ask you, are you limiting God? Are you limiting what God wants to do through you? Greater things. So, okay, so it, greater things happen when we ask. Let's, let's just keep reading though. If you love me, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. This is, this is amazing. Jesus says greater things are gonna happen. When we ask, Jesus says, greater things happen when we obey. If you love me, you follow. You follow my commands. If you love me, you do what I'll be doing. So we're asking alone isn't enough. You want to see great things in your life? It begins by asking. But then asking leads to obeying. 
We walk out, we begin to take steps in the direction that we think God is leading. And it's okay to feel like, well, I'm taking steps and I don't know if this is right. It is okay. If we wait till we know it all, we get nothing done. When Nick was stirred to do this thing at, um, at US Bank Arena, the arena was just being built. They wanted to do it like right before the Super Bowl. Timing didn't allow, but they just saw this arena in the center of downtown Minneapolis, and that's where he lives. And it's like, if you want to take risks, try doing the biggest event you've ever done in your own hometown, and you're 35. Who's this young punk? But he began to take steps of obedience and share the vision, share the vision. And enough leaders were like, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. And steps and steps. And it was two, two to three years of praying and working and praying, working and praying and working. And so things that are great happen, not just when we ask, that's the beginning, but when we take steps of obedience to, to go out. And here's the cool part. I don't have to worry about messing up. Now, I'm not saying we can't mess up. Of course, we all make mistakes. We think God said something, and it turns out he said half of what we're thinking. And that's okay. I want to set you free from this worry because it becomes like handcuffs. Like, I'm afraid. I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss God. So what do we do? Well, we do like what Jesus said. When there was a guy who gave out talents, and some, some got five, and some got two or three or one, and, and then the guy with one, what does he do? He says, I'm scared that the master is going to beat me up. And so I just, I hid it. And, and, and what does Jesus say? Man, you could at least put it in the bank and today earn nothing. You could have gave me, you could have given me something. You, no, 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 you misunderstood what I meant by take this and do something with it. It's not, not out of fear. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Here's why. He says, because you know the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's living with you, and he looks forward post the cross and the resurrection and says, I'm going to actually send the Spirit to live in you. In you. Dwelling within you. And when the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you, that is, you've been made alive with Jesus Christ. You put your faith in him, and he's made you alive. The presence of God comes to be with you in a way that it's not fully explainable, but is radical. It's so radical. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and in you. When you and I realize this, greater things happen by the Holy Spirit. And that sets me free from worrying and wondering, am I going to mess it up? Am I going to mess it up? I have God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus throughout his entire life. And now I can be led by the Holy Spirit. And when I start going off, I can listen and God can correct me. God can bring another Jesus follower and say, Jose, yes, you're going in the wrong direction. Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. And I can get back on track. You have a church. You have scripture. You can start doing things that like, I think this is right. I think this is right. And then you turn to the book and go, oh, whoa, ugh, I'm off. You have the word of God. You have the spirit of God. You have the people of God. Why are we so stinking afraid? We're afraid. As if we're going to miss something or mess something up. And what I want to tell us is in the season of life, God wants to stir you towards greater things. Just as Jesus sees what the Father is doing and does it, now Jesus through us says you can see what the Father is up to and, and you can live by it. The question is, do we really believe? Do we really believe this? 
I, I think many times I believe it in my head because the Bible's right, but in my soul, the evidence is just not there. I'm just not, I'm not believing. And so I'm not, I'm not here to like say, man, you're less than and you should be something. I'm not, I'm not here to point the finger at anyone. I'm just here like Jesus right before he goes to the cross. says, guys, you just got to, you don't even know what I've planned for you on the other side of the cross and the resurrection. When I give you the Holy Spirit, you're going to be supercharged. And, and oh, by the way, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world, says Jesus. Not you. I'm going to change the world. And I'm going to use little old yous. And, and when you are used, everyone's going to point back and say, wow, God is great. Because look, look who he's using. Do you believe that? I think when, you know, when I first started out, I, I really believed this. I really believe this. When I, when I first started out, early 20s, man, I mean, give me the world. And then what happens in life, I think those of you who are a little older, who have a little more experience, right? What happens is you, things don't turn out the way you want, and, and you, you get hit by a roadblock, and you have this failure, and you have this circumstance, and then you start to read a little more, and then, and then you start to begin to wonder, I don't know if anything, I don't know if all this miraculous, wonderful Jesus stuff is really true, and we dupe ourselves out of God's work because we don't believe anymore, but we rationalize it and say, well, I'm a reasonable Christian. I'm a, I'm a wise Christian. No, you're a faithless Christian. And what Jesus wants to do is reignite belief in him. I'm not saying you have to do more. I'm not saying you, you have to accomplish more in your own strength. I'm just saying we need to ask more and we need to obey more and we need to trust the Holy Spirit more because he has greater things for you. Now, everything I just said, it is so easy. Hear me. It's so easy to deflect and think that I'm saying, okay, what I really need to do is trust that God will use this church more. Or, 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 or oh, okay, God, I'm with you. So the whole, I see the video first and the Lecrae reference. So yeah, God will use the event more. Yeah, okay, okay, that's, no, th that may be true. But I want us to take the risky step, and I'm asking God to stir that you will believe that God wants to use you, 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 in your own place, in your own neighborhood, in your own school, in your own web of relationships, that you will believe that God will do more through you. Because here's the radical idea. Jesus believes in you. He believes in you. And he paid it all for you, and he rose again for you, and he wants to ignite and use you. And so it doesn't have to be a 70,000-seat arena to be a success in God's sight. But it has to require God. And if all we believe for is what we can accomplish, then we are not stepping into greater things yet. But God, in his grace, reminds us from the Bible that there are greater things even now. So God's inviting you to ask and to obey and to trust him. And what will happen if I believed? Okay, so I, I think that, that talking about things and, and not acting is a waste of time. So I'm, gonna, I'm about to activate you. Here we go. Uh, I've got some friends. They're going to pass out. Right now, they're going to pass out a little card that I want to give you. I want us to begin to practice what Jesus is saying and ask God for greater things. So everyone's going to get one of these cards. It's got a front side, and it's got a back side with empty slots. Everyone brings a pen to church, so you've got a pen. That's not true. That was a lie. Um, I never bring a pen anywhere. It's like, but, but I borrow. 
So, um, so, you could, so here's what I'm asking you to do. On the front side is about the event. This, this, is, this isn't to give out. This is for you. On the, on the other side, it's a verse from Philemon. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we have for the sake, we share for the sake of Christ. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We've got to start somewhere. I'm asking that we'll start by asking. I think that's the place to begin. And you say, what does it mean, Jose? What does it mean for these greater things to come, right? I think it begins by asking on behalf of people. Uh, what greater thing might God want to do through your life in the life of some other people? Let's just start. Let's start small in a sense. Let's start with the things around us. And then let's ask God to expand our capacity. Let's start. There are people in your world that may not be in relationship with Jesus. They might not be active in their faith. They, they may be having questions or doubts. They may be having struggles in their world and God's placed you there. So I'm gonna ask you to write down the names. Now, it may just be one, one person who's in need of a touch, whether they're a follower of Jesus or not. They could be a follower of Jesus, but struggling. Write down the name of one person. And you don't have to see him every day. This could be your cousin in Georgia, right? It could be, it could be someone, someone that you don't interact with. It could be someone that you live with, whatever the case. And if they live with you and they're right next to you, don't put down their name right there. That's just being king obvious, okay? Just, you know, make something else up. And I just write, write, I want you to write down a name. Here's why. And I'm gonna ask you to keep this card, put it in your Bible, put it in your car, put it at your desk, unless they pass your desk. And I, I, I want you to begin to pray. Pray every day for them. Pray that God will bless them. Pray that God will reveal himself. And pray that God will use you. We need to put action to our faith. And I'm inviting you to pray. And then, and then as we move along, the next series, Love My Neighbor, is gonna be all about equipping you with practical tools and skills on how to live the Jesus life around the people that you are encountering so that by the time August comes, we feel, we feel like we're full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of possibilities, and we're ready. We're ready to do Jesus's work and not just talk about it. I'm, I don't wanna play church. I, I, I don't, I'm not interested in doing the weekly rhythm and then going to be with Jesus and say, wow, that was a lot of spin on our wheels. But I believe that this could be a catalyst for you a catalyst to worship God, a catalyst to encounter the Spirit, a catalyst to hear God's voice, a, a catalyst to get equipped, and a catalyst to go and do Jesus' work in everyday life. That's the whole, that's the goal. All right, so you got your card. I'm gonna ask that you stand on your feet. We're gonna transition to worship Jesus. And as we, as we do that, we wanna begin our worship by asking, right? We got cards. So you say, oh, I got no one on my card yet. All right, so we're gonna pray that God by the Holy Spirit will, will guide you to someone that you're gonna encounter in these next weeks and months and that you can be the salt and the light and the love of Jesus to them, we pray. So we got our cards, let's, let's pray this out together. Lord, thank you that you can awaken us when we fall asleep. And so we ask you now, Holy Spirit, to now move in us. Who is it that you even want us to ask for? Who is it that you want us to commit to talk to you about? Who is it that you're looking to us to reach out towards? Lord, it's got to start somewhere. So we're asking you for greater things.
begin by just opening our mind to the people that are right in front of us, that somehow I have overlooked. Holy Spirit of God, awaken me this morning to someone. And now, Jesus, as we come together, as you and I come together and we talk about them, begin to reveal to me what I need to know and begin to speak to me about the steps of obedience that I need to take to show them the love of God, to demonstrate the good news, to to be there when they need it. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do, but, but you said you would come and you would do the work in and through me. So I believe this morning, Lord, I believe, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you, Lord. So now, God, as we're asking, we come and we worship you because apart from you, we could do nothing. But with you and by your Holy Spirit, all things are possible to those of us who believe. Come Holy Spirit and fill us again as we worship the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all say it.